Hello there. I'm here for the work placement scheme. Your what? The worker placement. I applied at my team's head office and they sent me here. They said it would look good on my CV. I'm afraid there must be some mistake. A worker's already turned up to this location today. A worker? Yes, surely there must be enough work for more than one here? <laughs> oh, there must, must there. Uh, Mr. Work Experience thinks he knows better than the rule book, does he? But that doesn't make any sense. This place is huge. Huge. Now, you look here, matey. Look back there at the fine work Keith is doing. Hello. You see what he's standing on? That pair of footprints that's big enough for one person to stand on, do you? Hmm? That's the placement, and the only placement. So, unless you can balance your little meeple on his head, you can clear off. All right, all right, I get it. No need to lose your resources over it. I'll just go back to head office and clear this up with them. Cheerio. Wait, what's that on the back of your neck? Oh, this? Uh, just a birthmark. It does stick out a bit, doesn't it? Uh, uh, but, the, but the prophecy? The first player marker? You must come in at once. I'll deal with Keith. Let's go. Live from the Treehouse Board Game Cafe in Sheffield, UK, you're listening to the Treehouse Podcast. I'm Matt Turner. I'm Patrick Lickman, and our guest today is Treehouse Game Guru, Rihanna Griffith. Today on the show, we build a library of books in Ex Libris, build a board game library on a budget, and build the Library of Alexandria in Seven Wonders. That's all this month on the Treehouse Podcast. Welcome to the Treehouse Podcast, the first Treehouse Podcast of 2019. And our guest today, Rihanna Griffin. Hello. Welcome to the show, Rihanna. Thank you. Are you excited to be here? I am clearly so excited. <laughs> I'm trembling. You are You are literally <laughs> trembling in your seat with, that's, with anticipation. That's just because we keep the uh, the studio at a cool three degrees. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you think um, he's joking. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of you have been in, in the Treehouse Board Game Cafe uh, in wintertime, uh, in, in the very morning. If you get there really, really early, yes. it can be kind of chilly. Freezing cold. Yes. Um, but we are here today not to talk about the weather, because that's boring. What? No, I know. This isn't the weather but podcast. we're British. Oh. Yeah, we're going to be talking. What if I decided to talk about Petrica? Petrica? Oh, the uh, the board game about weather. About weather, yeah. We could. Do you know that game? No, I don't have No, I don't know that game either. <laughs> All right, let's carry on then. Yeah, let's talk about the games we do know. Um, <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, we're going to start off with a little recap of the events of last month, of December 2018. We ended 2018 with a, a very busy month. Um, we, we had a lot going on in the treehouse. Uh, our New Year's party. Yes. Just a couple of days ago, at a time of recording, mm. um, which was uh, very exciting. Very, very good fun. Very busy. Very busy. Um, yeah, but really, really nice. A really nice atmosphere all night. We had uh, a, a nice quiz of the year from our, uh, our quizmaster Ben. Do you want to know what my favourite question was? Go on, tell us your favourite question. Of the um, quiz. It was weirdly a maths question, which I don't like, mm. and I couldn't do it, but I did like it because okay. I thought it was clever. <laughs> um, on, so I'm on. going to share it with you, and maybe somebody at home would enjoy doing it themselves. Yeah, maybe maybe you can tell <laughs> us the question now, and then we'll do the answer at the end of the show. Lo- ah, love it. Um, so. Right, let me get this right. On Wednesday, um, somebody came round to... A nice girl called uh, Sharon came round to uh, Matilda's house. It's very important that she's nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, because then she she's invited back, you see. Okay. Um, so, and she's like, Spoilers. oh, look, look at the time. It's two o'clock or something. Sure. And, um, Mat- <laughs> and Matilda's like, oh, um, um, that clock is five minutes fast. And I don't mean it's just five minutes fast. It's It's really... It's always five minutes fast. <laughs> so it's like a quicker clock. Like it's faster yeah, yeah. than a normal clock by five minutes. Okay. <laughs> it, it advances five minutes yes, each day. Yes, every hour. Oh, each hour. Every Sorry, hour yeah. it advances five minutes. Okay. Um, Matilda comes to Sharon's house the next week again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, oh, your, uh, your clock's right. You fixed it. And Sharon says, no, I didn't. What day is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, Patrick. It's a very serious question. I'm laughing because you told it so well. <laughs> Just so clearly. I feel like everyone's going to get exactly what you mean so. when you say that. Um, they can always rewind. Got some, got some competition for Ben. I think, I think if Ben were dead, he'd be rolling in his grave. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> the particular um, or some things I think on, on many other it's just like it's five minutes or, or, or something, something like that. <laughs> a nice girl called Sharon or something. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Christmas. we'll give you the answer to that one at the end of the show. <laughs> Maybe uh, it might be wrong. <laughs> it might be wrong. <laughs> Before we get completely so off the rails, basically. one last thing I have about uh, the events of last year. I just want to congratulate um, our regular member uh, Shannon for uh, completing the 10 by 10 challenge that we set at the very beginning of the year. This was pre-podcast, so we haven't mentioned it, but if you are a a member of the Treehouse, if you're a regular, you might have seen at the beginning of the year we were offering this uh, 10 by 10 challenge in which you could try and complete 10 games 10 times over the course of the whole year. And those uh, who completed it, we had little stamp cards, and when you completed yours, you'd be entered into a draw to win a lifetime membership. Uh, As you won't be entirely shocked to hear, uh, not many people completed the uh, the challenge. Lots of people started it. Lots yes. of people were playing it for yeah. like a long time. Yeah, there Indeed, was a... I started it. I, I also <laughs> yeah. started it. Um, but only one person completed it and got all the way to the end. And that's that's a feat. Like you could and you could choose, you know, a load of really really short games, right? Yes. Um, and still, you might not want to play ten of them. Yeah, but Shannon, who uh, was the person who who completed them, did not do that. She had some some hefty games on there. The Alchemists. Her last game was was Alchemists, which is a long, you know, Euroy complex kind of a game. And so she was entered into a draw uh, to win a lifetime membership. She was the only name in the draw, uh, and she won, which was great. Um, <laughs> it's, they, we pulled out a rabbit first yes uh, but then and we to be fair we did give the rabbit a lifetime membership <laughs> yeah because it only cute. seems fair because cute right yeah right oh, uh, yeah Shannon's got a lifetime membership which means uh, half price covers for the rest of her life or the rest of our life whichever comes whoever first, dies first. <laughs> whoever dies first yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Okay, we have to we have to move on. I think uh, it's that time of the show where we talk about the recent addition to the to the board game library at the Treehouse. That is this month, Ex Libris, the library building game. So, Matt, can you please explain to me what is this game, Ex Libris? 
<laughs> I, I certainly can, uh, but, but I now feel like I'm on trial. Um, you, so, <laughs> you should feel like that. Yes, Lex Libris is a uh, worker placement, uh, slightly Euro-y style game uh, where you um, build a library, a magical library from uh, from scratch. You start with no books in your library, which is you know a bad place to start. But you do start with a kind of uh, a, a theme for your library. You can be like a bookworm or a, a abominable snowman or a gelatinous cube or a robot. All sorts of cool uh, ca- characters you can be. But the aim of the game, of course, is to um, is to build the best library filled with the best books. Mm. Um, all the books that are the most in demand. You're going to kind of race to create th- these shelves full of books um, that are in demand. Uh, but uh, watch out! Because oh. they've got to be in alphabetical order, uh, and you've got to uh, you've got to sort of build them up from the centre uh, of the of the library into alphabetical order, or uh, your books won't count. Yeah, it's a worker placement game with a tricky kind of placement uh, puzzle uh, attached onto it. Actually, the placement puzzle is kind of more central. I would I would say. Yeah, possibly. Um, possibly. Like mm-hmm. the worker placement stuff is you've got some workers, you place them on locations, yeah. and and uh, sometimes not very often those locations fill up and you can't go there anymore. Oh no. Yeah. But um, the the main point of the game is really playing these cards in front of you, trying to build a little uh, uh, tableau of books. And it's a it's a game I've spoken about before, uh, being nice and cozy. Yeah. Um, it's a very cozy game. Can't quite put my finger on why. What What is it about? Like, I guess books are kind of cozy. They are. It's a cozy subject. It is a cozy subject. Making like getting loads of books in this in this game, you get these like the books. You might be thinking if you're trying to put these in alphabetical order, you would just have you know twenty six books and you just put them. But it's they are shelves, cozy. right? So these these are like A has one through five or what have you yeah um, there's a number of different volumes for each letter exactly and each one when you look at it has books in the actual shelf in the kind of section of books you're, you're trying to, to kind of shelf um into your library uh they have these hilarious cool names that all oh begin of course with that's the, actually uh... my favorite thing about the game <laughs> so many <laughs> yeah. so many titles it's fantastic uh because there's there's got to be at least a hundred books, probably yes. probably more, right? Definitely, yeah, yeah. And what's great about them, they're all funny names, but also they're all thematic to the kind of book that you're putting in there. Yeah. Because not only does the letter placement of the book matter, mm-hmm. but also the categories, different um, categories of book, like monster manuals or, or uh, uh, wizardy tomes. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, not one of them. Like <laughs> um, historical documents and yeah. all that kind of stuff are all sort of different kinds of... And they, and they score differently. Uh, and every game there's a, a different sort of system. One of the categories is, is randomly dealt out as being banned books and you lose points for those ones. And then uh, one of them is uh, sort of rare finds and you get bonus points for those ones and then you also have a personal goal one that you're trying to achieve above all else um and so not only are the book titles funny but they also fit in with the kind of book shelf that you're that you're making it feels very well thought out it is well thought out and i think part that 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 bounces in with the kind of coziness of the game the fact that you're looking at these they're dumb jokes they are dumb yeah. weird fancy jokes really just... very stupid but it's also brilliant they remind me of the kind of thing you see in the background of the beano you know, when yeah. things are just called <laughs> different stuff. Yeah. Um, also, we're talking about a worker placement game, right? So there are there are locations to be placed on yes. um, and uh, to, to place your meeples on, right? Um, they are all pictures of kind of locations and many of them are kind of bookshops. 
Yes. Right, so like booksellers or auction houses and stuff, and they're all stacked to the rafters with books in the background. And yeah, the people in this world love books. And that's the, what I've learned. Your character card is, has a little location that's got a picture of your library, and that's all like books, like leaning over these these things, yeah. and you're just like. I would love to spend some time here, just like pick out one of those books and go like, I want to see what's in this thing. Um, so it's a, it's a really nice um, kind of, they're also crammed in and, and sort Feels of... Feels a bit like Harry Pottery. Yes, like, yeah, absolutely. Magical ways, yeah, world. That, that kind of kid-friendly fantasy yeah. sort of whimsy. Um, it helps, of course, that the game is really beautifully illustrated and has a consistent like art direction all across the board mm-hmm. um, from the uh, from the locations, which we haven't actually mentioned, are uh, modular. Uh, you randomly deal out a, a certain number of locations, and then at the end of each round of the game, some of those locations go away. One of them stays permanently, but everything yeah. else is 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 gone, and that means you see a lot of the different facets of this world. And yes. mechanically, it means. The game is always changing. There is always something new to discover, some new strategy to kind of adapt to, which I love. Um, and I, I don't know which which of your points to go on here, because firstly, the art direction, amazing down to the ground, even the little meeples. Um, when you choose yourself oh a character, the, they, um, they all have... what You get two kind of regular style meeples, which aren't regular style meeples. They're, they're gorgeous little gnome creatures. Yeah, they're cute little Um Or maybe three of those that you get. Either way. And then you get your your boy. Your boy. And uh, it's okay. like, if you... I mean, or person. A B-O-I. It's or sort of... Yeah, boy. Anyway. It's uh, your robot or your mummy or your ghost. Or your uh, gelatinous cube. Yeah, there's a proper gelatinous cube. It's got little bubbles in the middle of it and you <laughs> can see through it. It's so good. And they, have, they each have uh, individually styled uh, figurines. Yes. And they're all consistent to the art direction and to each other mm. so they don't feel well they do feel silly but in exactly the right way and only that meeple has the power of your um of your kind of guy right of your mm. library yeah so uh th- like for instance the ghost can go on top of someone else who's um already at that location if there aren't any spaces left you can jump in too yes mm-hmm. um the uh I'm trying to think of the other ones. The Sasquatch can't go uh, to places where there are people. And if any people come to where the Sasquatch is, he has to run back home and he can be replaced somewhere Sounds else. Sounds a lot like my life. And <laughs> the gelatinous cube absorbs people's uh, books in their hand. They ha- You have a, you have yeah. books in your hand. Yeah. And if you go onto the same location as the gelatinous cube, you're going to end up having <laughs> to give uh, that player um, the thing. So you get him out first and then you're, you're, you're golden. And they haven't made necessarily I mean they have I'm sure but they haven't made overt attempts to try and make sure that every combination is balanced or or, you know at its most uh, fair there is an element of luck to the game there Mm -hmm. has to be and it works and it's still fun because of it and what I'll say is I think that doesn't matter because of the central puzzle yeah because you're trying to fit all these books together and that's just true regardless of what cards you end up drawing so the central puzzle is something that I found very puzzling. <laughs> you found um, it puzzling. What, what puzzled okay. you about the central so, puzzle? <laughs> so the thing is that when I played, I didn't have the nice little helper card that I then discovered after oh, the game. It tells you which the, the alphabet. Which shows you the alphabet yeah. and, and like kind of what what levels to put books on. Yeah. And apparently I don't know the alphabet <laughs> <laughs> um, enough. Um, so sort of very early on, I put letters together where actually there's a lot of letters in between those two letters. Oh, okay. And, and um, of course, once you've done that, you can't put anything screwed. between them. Yeah. Um, and I also had no idea what to level to put 
different letters on and it got very confusing and I had a lot of gaps and I, I oh felt no. quite stressed. Yeah. Just yeah. quite stressed I through mean, the whole game. The lucky thing is there are those cards that give you not only so use the alphabet, those cards. but not only the alphabet, but how many cards are in that series. The frequency yeah. of those those cards in the in Definitely, the deck, definitely use that helper card. That's the thing. The game does have a, a sort of uh, a relatively harsh strategic edge in that puzzle. Yes. Where, you know, your mistakes, when you make them, they are your mistakes and you can't undo them. You have to take risks sometimes. You have to do what Rihanna did uh, to, to an extent where you're pushing your luck to, uh, you know... Saying, I don't think I'm going to get uh, H, yeah. uh, 1, 2, 3, and 4 yeah. when you put, like, G, 8... Yes. And then mm-hmm. uh, I too. Uh, and then H H five or whatever. Oh, yeah, you know, you yeah, can yeah. you can go just those little gaps can kind of consternate you and make you feel ah I, I maybe I'm making a mistake here. I could the next five cards I could draw get this will will have that problem. Um, my personal playstyle I end up with uh, I end up playing the the worker placement game loads. Um, getting a handful of about 15 cards yeah. and then going, oh, I pretty much know the rest of the alphabet now. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I, I would not be able to, to do, I, I would be the same as you if I didn't have that card, just to look at, like, visually where in the alphabet I am, where mm. I need to be. Thanks, what I like about the, the sort of the puzzle is it feels different every time. And with the locations changing every time and different character powers, uh, I think the game is really intensely replayable. Uh, so... Even if, like Rihanna, uh, you you mess up your uh, your alphabet and put E next to K, <laughs> I could. No, uh, do well, that. Um, uh, uh, you can uh, have another go, try a different power, try a different character, uh, and see how how the game sort of treats you that time around. <laughs> I mean, I haven't lost it yet, so I'm sort of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. um, uh, but uh, yes, humble brag over. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I do. I love this game to bits, and um, I think uh, it's well worth checking out, especially during the winter period. Such a nice little cozy game. Yes. Get yourself a nice uh, latte or what have you, and uh, and really um, go in for it. Yes, come along and, and cozy with with Ex Libris. Fantastic. So that's our new game of the month. We're going to move on now into our topic of the month. This is where we take a, a different topic every month, and we talk about it uh, with a with a, a broad spectrum of games. Um, Today's one is a bit weird, a bit, bit special, um, because we're going to talk about games that are cheap and or completely free. And the reason we want to talk about these is because, uh, you know, it's January. Uh, everybody has just spent, frankly, far too much money. I know I did uh, on, on board games and, and, and <laughs> yep, other things. Yep. Um, because it's Christmas, you know, you get to spend all your money. You, you, you're in the mood for spending money. There's very little sunlight. And then January, <laughs> and then January comes along. And there's still very little sunlight. <laughs> and you're like, oh, the, no cold, money left. <laughs> the cold light of day. Yeah. So we want to talk about options for, for games uh, that you can play um, or that you can, you know, uh, invest into, build up into a, a collection that don't cost money or, or that don't cost much money. And there are two main categories that we can we can talk about here. Uh, and probably you guys have got some that don't fit these categories. But what I consider the two categories here are print and play games. Games where really your only costs are sort of manufacturing it your, yourself. And uh, folk games, uh, uh, games where um, maybe they are traditional. Uh, they, they exist in tradition. I mean, tradition uh, literally there. Uh, and so they, they kind of are used with things that you, you already have. Uh, who wants to start us off? Who's got some suggestions? I've got some suggestions. Go on then, Rihanna. Because this is my whole life. This is your experience? <laughs> from when I was a kid. Um, you, you played a lot of like folk games and things? 
Kind of, well, um, a lot of like make your own kind of game in a car sure. on a very long trip kind yes. of thing. Um, so we played this game uh, with paper that it definitely has a name, but I have no idea what it is. Okay. So we just called it the consequences game. You just have some paper and you all write like it's very much scroll, but um, just with your own paper and pens. Um, so you all write a little thing um a phrase or a little whatever um and then you pass it along and then the other the next person draws a picture to describe the phrase you just wrote and then you um fold over the phrase you pass it along you're you're like passing these around the table is that right yes exactly or around the car or wherever you may be um and then the next person um draw writes a phrase to match that picture and it's just really fun and then you read all the phrases out at the end and then you can kind of look at all the pictures and you see how the first phrase changed to be something completely ridiculous yes yeah <laughs> it's, it's very much like the kids game kind of telephone where you whisper into someone's ear yeah and then exactly you, you, because like it's, yeah. yeah but with but with drawing but with drawing it's 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 a it's a yeah nothing system. to do with consequences at all <laughs> no. what, what are the consequences of your actions if you communicate inefficiently <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a, I, I know where the name will, will have come from. Yeah. The, kind of the game where you're writing a story. Yeah, it? exactly. And you, you fold over a bit and you don't let yeah. anybody see anything but your last sentence. Yeah. And then they have to carry on. It's another fun game. Yes. It's a, it's a, a good, uh, solid game. But yeah, um, the consequences game or, or, mm-hmm. or telestrations or scroll, you can very easily make up your own version because all you need is pens, paper, and some prompts, uh, yeah. which you can come up with yourself. I've got some suggestions for prompts if you want. Yeah, go on. Uh, a big hat full of bees. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> the noisiest child. Yes. Uh, and uh, <coughs> Willy Wonka and the smiling man. Excellent. So you can use those in your game of the consequences game. Uh, I'm sure that'd be that'd be really helpful. Yeah. Uh, while <laughs> while we're on, that's really the bottleneck. Yeah. <laughs> thinking of thinking of no random things think to of draw. Their own. While we're on the subject of, of DIY games, last Christmas, that is to say, uh, not the one just gone, but the one before that, uh, I made my own version of Secret Hitler. You guys know Secret Hitler, the the hidden roles game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit similar to The Resistance. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I personally prefer Secret Hitler, but um, it's a game that is not in print very often. Uh, it does have a print and play version, I believe. You can you can sort of print it out for free on online, uh, but you can also just as easily make your own. Uh, uh, I made it in in ten minutes. You need roll cards. Uh, you need some little markers uh, for for the different um, uh, policies of, of of the game. Uh, but those don't have to be very detailed at all. I am not an artist in any way. I just wrote on them. Uh, but it was really clear for everybody what was what was going on. Um, one thing you can uh, invest in that's actually really handy that is reusable uh, in theory at least is card sleeves for for something like this because mm-hmm. then your cards don't have to be perfect. You know when you're trying to hide what information you're showing somebody with your with your cards, um, you can use card sleeves and then nobody's any the wiser because everything looks the same. Exactly. That, the... It wasn't you know perfect, but it doesn't have to be because if you're just playing it uh, a couple of times, uh, you know, not very often, mm-hmm. if you're just bringing it out when the family come over, yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like a, a, a tournament legal version of Secret <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> tournament legal. <laughs> um, but that's a that's a, 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 a good example. You can also do it with werewolf and 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 mafia. Yeah, you can just use a normal pack of cards as well for werewolf. We used to do that all the time. Oh, like and, pick and just... like our oh, queens for this. Oh role yeah, that that would whatever. work just as easily. Like maybe face cards are, mm-hmm. are werewolves. And that way you also get to add your own roles. Mm-hmm. You know, Gandalf. 
is the, the three of hearts. What does the Gandalf card Gandalf um, doesn't allow someone to pass. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, you heard. There, it's, worth, it's worth noting a third category, yes, which is um, games that like you might still buy, but will provide you with several games or a lot of play time. Yes. Um, uh, you know, it's it, it might be that you know you, you don't mind spending you know eight to ten pounds on something that you're going to play for the entirety of the rest of the winter. Yes. Mm. Uh, and in that case, I have uh, just the suggestion. Uh, Wibble Plus Plus is a system uh, by uh, Bez uh, from Games Good by Bez. Bez. Um, and they've been into the uh, the treehouse once. I yeah, think they, now. They, they came to our playtest. Yeah, right? they did yeah, to the to the to the game designers playtest uh, evening, um, and uh, taught me a few of these games. And they're great. It's a great. It's a, it's a card yeah. system, card game system. What what do the cards look like? Um, they have okay. I'm going to try and remember this now. They have um, a two letters. Two uh, each, each. Every card is unique, but he, every card has two letters in big bold face uh, typeface uh, down the middle. Okay, uh, and then they have a border which is either like dotty or uh, wiggly lines or these various different patterns. Mm. Um, and then there are also um, uh, numbers on the bottom. Okay. Okay. And the idea being of behind this kind of uh, system is that there are loads of games you can you can play out of the box, but also there are community sourced games that you can play that are made through these cards. Yeah, because they have all these little details, you kind of have the tools to make your own. Absolutely. So the one, we, the one we played actually on New Year um, was, I think this is just the one called Wibble, but I could be wrong. You put down two cards face up, okay? That means you've got four letters. Yep. All right? Now, the first person to shout out a word that includes a letter from each of those cards... Oh, uh, pineapple. Yes, because we had a P uh, and an L. That's right. Um, uh, on, on one on each of the card. Right, um, then you well, I'm uh, really good at this you get to take one of those cards. Okay, yes. you put it face up in front of you, okay. uh, and then we turn over another card. Okay. Now, me and Rihanna still have to just make a word out of those two cards. Okay. You have to make a word out of those two cards and the card that you have in front of you. Oh, oh, um, uh, uh, umbrella p- apple. Oh no. <laughs> They have to be real words, oh, and also what? they only need to include one of the letters, like from each card. Okay. So um, it, it's sort of like you would only have to include three letters. That's in, almost uh, worse somehow because it means there's so many different options. Exactly. The analysis paralysis must be must be incredible. <laughs> I like that though. That's a really simple word game. Yes. Like the, obviously, game. I guess the numbers don't come into it. Um, the numbers in that one don't come into it. The borders don't come into it. Oh, um, the, it's um, those just the letters. And again, you can kind of make those uh, at home if you want. If you just try and figure out a system where every you know no 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 two cards are alike. Yeah. Um, but this is what this is a great little pack of cards. It comes in the same kind of sleeve as a pack of cards uh, that you might have. Yeah, just you a know. tiny travel. Exactly. Box. Um, you can also look at things like monikers or Fun Employed, both of which offer uh, free print and play uh, uh, things on, online. You can also It'd be a little harder to make your own version of Fun Employed, but you could definitely make your own version of Monikers. And indeed, that's a, a game that already exists that actually crosses over into the folk games category. You might know this as a Celebrity, in which you write down uh, the names of people, famous people. Uh, everybody writes down a couple, puts them in a bowl, and then every round you're trying to uh, draw names off these scraps of paper uh, uh, out of the bowl and try and get your teammates to guess what they are in a kind of articulate way. What's actually really great about that, and what I think... Um, I love monikers, but I think I actually prefer the homemade version. Is because you're making the cards yourself, 
um, you can put in very like highly specific references. <laughs> like you know those cards in like, in Cards Against Humanity or whatever, yeah. where you they're blank and you can write mm, your own little yeah. inside jokes on them. Everything is that. Yeah, Dad, Dad's lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that is and, the good thing generally, isn't it? About make your own games that like you can personalize them and make them funny yeah. to your own family Absolutely. or whoever you're playing with. I think that'll do. Uh, th- that that should give you enough suggestions to to uh, to go on for now. Um, so let's move into our, our final topic of the month, which is our guest spotlight. This is where uh, <laughs> Rihanna's excited. It's her time to shine. Uh, Rihanna, you've, you've brought in a game that you want us to, uh, to talk about. This is a game that you uh, personally feel strongly about. What do you want to talk about? It's a very classic game that I'm sure many people will be aware of. How do you describe Seven Wonders? It's I feel a good like question. I'm, I feel like I'm too sort of involved <laughs> too with it that I can't quite uh, <laughs> step back. And it's well, yeah. Well, I played it today for the first time. Yes, um, Matt, you played it today. How would the... you describe? What, what Seven would Wonders? you say Seven Wonders is? <laughs> I've uh, in my notes. I've just written. I love drafting games three times. So okay, um, yeah, like, it's a drafting game. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're trying to build a little tableau out of cards. Yeah, like, it's, a, it's a civilization building game. You play as as one of the uh, ancient civilizations that that uh, commanded one of the seven wonders of the world, and you are passing cards around that that contain sort of um, uh, structures and and uh, uh, you know things that civilization needs, uh, science, uh, technology, s- stuff like that. Bricks, bricks. Got to, got to have those. Bricks. Takes you to a, a new world. Um, <laughs> it's also the. Uh, it for me, it has like a special place in my heart. Cause it's the first game that I discovered that isn't, you know, a classic normal first, yeah. game. Your, yeah. first, your first modern game that you're introduced yeah. to. That's true for I think a, a good chunk of people. Um, possibly too many people actually. <laughs> uh, Seven Wonders is incredibly uh, pervasive, and, and like you say, Rihanna, probably our listeners have have heard yeah. of it. I think also potentially because, like for me, it was really nice because I'd only ever played games before where it was really obvious who was winning and who was losing horribly, yes. like right from the start. Yeah. And um, it's it's a kind of game where you don't have to know until the end that you've lost horribly. <laughs> like you can and just go on through the game really enjoying yourself. I mean, I mean, you ripped the band-aid off a little bit, yeah. right? <laughs> you say that, Rihanna. You absolutely smashed us uh, when we yeah. when we played well, before I recording. I've played over 60 times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, but I, I really like it, especially because I think um, it's uh, one of the rare games where every single expansion that has come out brings, like, a new, total, brilliant magic to the game. And when you say every single expansion, there are a whole bunch, right? <laughs> Yes, and, and you can play the game with all of them at once. Oh my it god! It doesn't actually advise you to do that. No, I wouldn't recommend definitely it. Definitely, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna's tried; she, she would know. <laughs> so I've only played. Matt's never played it before at all. I've only ever played the base game, just mm-hmm. without any expansions. <coughs> and one of, I guess, it's not really a qualm. Uh, every game suffers uh, this for, to some extent, uh, which is it doesn't have amazing replayability. Just the base game, like when you know every card. I agree. You, yeah. You you, you, it starts to feel a little bit samey and while you can pursue different you know routes to victory you know military one game science another game sure th- those are fairly limited as well mm-hmm. um but with each of the expansions a whole new dimension of play is added right mm-hmm. I, I i honestly like i played with the babel expansion for my first game uh played with the babel expansion and um what i i've got to say is the theme of this game is absolutely grand it's not cohesive Hist or in, in in quotation marks historical, 
Um, <laughs> uh, it's is um kind of very very feels kind of ancient world right yeah so um the arms race mechanic the idea that at the end of each age there are three ages in the game at the end of each age you're kind of bordered onto your neighbors in this drafting game so yeah. the person to your left and the person to your right you have a war at the end of each age kind of um with the person to your left and right and if you have more military than them then you beat them and you get points and they lose points um if you have less you lose points they get points yeah, um, like you say it starts off an arm race that sort of triggers a chain reaction around the table absolutely where everybody's neighbor goes right i better get some uh, <laughs> better get some military my neighbor's really picking it up there and then it the first down. the but first person to get military to. <laughs> yeah you don't have to if you can all agree not to use military at all yeah. but there are military cards in the game the most recent expansion which is armada introduces a whole different level of military possibility because you now have naval army oh wow Um, it's very exciting so you can sort of move your ships with whatever card you you play you have an option in addition to that card like with in babel to um to move one of your ships of that color mm-hmm. and they all do different things each time you move them um the uh victory point one just gives you more victory points the money one will give you money but also take away other people's money um oh and yeah uh, there's yeah. a really there's really nice island cards which i love that are involved with the green cards which makes the green cards more attractive and more quite exciting with every um ground battle which they are now called um, <laughs> <laughs> um you can also increase your naval battles and then that's for everyone because obviously you can go anywhere in the sea yes so if i beat you that's right across the table yeah. i still beat you oh my god oh, wow so it's mad it's exciting so you can see just how this game has spiraled out of control in terms of like the amount of expansions and stuff the right? word i would use is bombast yeah uh, uh, i haven't had the quote-unquote privilege of, of having all the expansions in the same game but when we played babel uh, which which introduces sort of uh, temporary global effects that uh, everybody has to abide by, like making certain things more expensive or, or certain cards free. Some of those effects, I was looking at them as a, as a uh, you know relative veteran of the base game and going, this is so powerful. This is amazing. Like this card just makes every red card free. Mm. Like I don't have to pay anything. But the thing that like matters with those is because it applies to everybody and it's temporary. People can end it at a, at a choice of uh, a time of their choice. Like overlaying on the, on, onto the tower. Yeah, a different effect goes on, and the tower builds builds higher because of that. You end up uh, sort of feeling it. It's not balanced. Balance is not the <laughs> word I would use. But again, doesn't matter. Like it's not a game where I'm interested in balance. It's a game where I'm interested in a really over the top kind of maximalist bombastic experience. And 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 I, the idea being that it's it's affecting everyone is uh, yeah. it's such a great theme for the Tower of Babel. The fact you're all working together to build it up, uh, but trying to overwrite your own stuff. Um, it's a very, very cool little political bit of bits and bobs. Um, the, the the theme, I think, is is bang on for Seven Wonders. Yeah, uh, and it, the game goes up to seven people normally. I believe one of the expansions means that, that you can actually have eight players yes. um, and as, as few as three players uh, hmm. can, can play it together. You can actually play with two. You kind really? Of, yeah, you, in, you, um, you both act as the third player in turns. It's very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It brings a whole new element. 
<laughs> very um, odd, very does, odd. Does anyone put military on that player? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, we know. now we have the wonderful jewel. If you do want to play a Seven Wonders E yes. type thing for the, the, two, players. two player experience, yeah, yeah, people really like Seven Wonders Jewel. I haven't had the privilege of, of playing it yet. Uh, but I'm excited to, to give it a go it's at some good. point. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I have actually played that. I played oh, that really? before I played Seven Wonders. Oh. Um, it's a very different game. Rihanna, if you were going to uh, recommend maybe a single expansion for somebody who had only played the base game, mm. who, who you know, maybe has burned out on the base game like me a bit uh, and, and didn't think that Seven Wonders had anything new to offer, what, what would you choose? Well, I think if you first went for Babel, which comes with the great project as well, yeah. um, that would then make you hooked and buy all the others anyway <laughs> sure is that be honest is that what happened to you yes yes, yes I, thought, I, thought it <laughs> I i'm like i i feel like you made the right choice because i loved that expansion the i have you know matt's gripe corner um, Yay, it's uh, matt's gripe corner <laughs> um just some of the mechanics a uh, little fiddly like um the stuff that affects all resource gains except for ones where you can make a choice. Yes. Um, a little, little bit fiddly. To you can use the upgrade prerequisites of the people to your left and right. Oh boy. Like <laughs> it's it's really a but you must pay the number of coins equal to the number of ages you've been through. <laughs> to be fair, I agree with you because um that has caused some arguments within my family um before <laughs> because people don't display um their cards correctly. <laughs> right, right. Or how right. the other person would like them to be displayed. Whereas before you can manage your cards in whatever way you choose. Yeah, there's real capacity <laughs> for human error that there's kind of an inside joke <laughs> yeah. among my old play group of seven wonders which is there's a rule in seven wonders you can't draft two cards of the same name really simple rule yeah but the thing is when you put your cards into your tableau you almost always always hide the name and so like we essentially ignore that rule <laughs> like that rule just doesn't exist for us i mean i've got to say you know there, there's a lot of looking at each other's tableau they're very small cards they've got like little little writing on them and i'm a visual impaired person so if i need to look over the table at someone else's tableau it's not going to happen. Or look at really detailed cards. Exactly. And that, that's why it's kind of good that you only really directly interact with your neighbours. Because mm. you can ask them. And in a bigger game especially, like like I say, it goes up to seven. Sure. If you were in a seven-player game, you just wouldn't be interested in what five of those other players were you know, really doing. Or four of them. Which is why it's always very important to look who you're next to. Yes. In a game of Seven Wonders, yeah. <laughs> what I've learned is not to sit next to Rihanna because she won't pass you any cards that you want. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I anyway. monitor the people very carefully. So that's Seven Wonders. Uh, the base game is available in the cafe uh, and you can buy the expansions online. We also have Seven Wonders Duel in the cafe if you are a two-player group who would like to give that a go. Yes, so uh, to close out the uh, podcast this month, we're going to be talking about what's coming up at the treehouse that's right we've got a few new events because we've put out a survey asking people what kind of thing they were interested in seeing and in in, in the coming months you can expect to see a few more uh, new things as we experiment a little and that starts with our keyforge events uh this month i'm very excited about this as you might have heard in our last episode we are very excited about keyforge it's a new uh, trading card game or not trading card game a unique deck game <laughs> a deck game from a man who's very famous for doing trading card games. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Listen to our discussion on the last episode if you haven't already because um, it gets us views. But <laughs> also uh, um, it means that you can be prepared for when we do our, our Learn to Play Keyforge event 
on the 15th of January. You can come down to that. Um, we are selling tickets for that online. They're £5, just a normal cover charge. And then there's also going to be a tournament afterwards. So even if you already know how to play, you can come along and uh, get involved in a little bit of organised play for, for Keyforge. Get a little bit competitive. And are the decks for that going to be provided by us? Can people for the, buy them off us and take them home? For the learn to play, I'm going to be providing uh, some of my own decks. Uh, so be nice with them. Um, <laughs> but we're also going to have some decks on sale. So if you want to then participate in the tournament or you want to have a deck or two that you can actually uh, take home and play with we will be selling them uh, on the night as well so we've got our regular events uh, going on rihanna what kind of thing have we got we have um so uh, the quiz night which is on the 6th this month uh sunday which from um quiz master ben who is very very good and oh, made we, up that very bad question that which I reminds, shared with you earlier. <laughs> reminds us we should uh, probably reveal the answer to the quiz question well what was the it was answer? much better of a question when he said it just what, to say do you remember the answer um I think it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Said Matilda. <laughs> if you got Tuesday, well done. <laughs> if you if you got any, pretty much any other day, well done because we don't actually Probably know if that's it's right. right. Too. <laughs> um, yeah. We should do more interactive segments. That one was a rousing <laughs> success. This is good, doesn't it? Um, yeah, we have that, which is really fun. Um, we have social gaming on the 13th that's a sunday also which is like a chance for you to just kind of come along and play some games with some strangers and some games maybe that you haven't heard of before yeah and make, make some new gaming friends yeah you don't have to bring a group um although you can come as a few people if yes. you like um yeah play with some more people um we have burton on board on wednesday the 16th and we have our Rainbow Gamers on the 20th, which is also a Sunday. Lots of exciting things happening on Sundays. Cool yeah. cool social stuff on Sundays, I think, is the is the name of the game. Yes, and you can find out all the details about those. Um, uh, most of those events aren't ticketed. You can just sort of walk in. But go and take a look on the website for more details. You can go to treehashfield.com. So with all of that out of the way, it just leaves uh, a little bit of time for us to say thank you for listening as we move into the new year. We're very excited to be starting up the old podcast machine again. Yes, I uh, cranked it into motion. It was a little rusty. Um, you know, the, the the frost had set in, but but uh, we got it humming along just fine. And we're excited to, to uh, power it on through the new year. So thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the Treehouse Podcast, featuring Matt Turner, Patrick Lickman, and Rihanna Griffin. The producers were Matt and Patrick, and the theme tune was by Custom Phase. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker, and nobody else. <laughs>